well, we'll see about that. Uh, yeah, right. Uh, good evening, everyone. Good evening, good evening, good evening, and welcome to Hot Novel Radio News on the 14th of November, 3305, the 1336th anniversary of the launch of Apollo 12. You know, the one between Ryan Gosling and Tom Hanks. Excellent. Well, joining us tonight, we have, of course... The coughing Norma Snockers! <coughs> <laughs> we have Lou Snockers! No, I don't have Lou Snockers, but easier. Thank you, what a delightful interview. Wilma Finger <laughs> This is not a great way to do the intro. Wilma Finger Do! <clears throat> Hello, Dick. Hello. Uh, the very sick Willie B. Hardigan! Hello. And of course, the sick-making, vomit-inducing, pustulous-skinned, wonderful Harry Balzac. Thank you very much, you wonderful ad libber you. <laughs> and now, <laughs> on to the headlines. We're all heads, look. It's, it's a line of heads. Headlines. Prison Break Hutton Style Part Deux. New Guardian site. And that's no misprint. Is it Generation Incarceration? Large pad leaves locals livid. I can't see it. I spit my script. <laughs> Sorry. Atris 5060 A- speaks after the beep. Lou has an extremely detailed insight into the BGS. And Norma is going to bang on about something complicated. Following our partial success a few weeks ago at rescuing our missing pilots from the clutches of the dastardly Don, a ragtag group of commanders sallied forth on Saturday for a two-pronged assault in G-83-13. The prison ship, which had been stationed in Kokiri during our first rescue attempt, did, as you know, depart that system for places unknown. Some dogged work by Commander Vantian and Palantir resulted in the missing ship being tracked down back in its home system. A large phalanx of SRVs and ships attacked the base, with the expected result of general mayhem. Flossie spent the entire evening making her SRV dance the hokey cokey as she stuck the left wheel in, the left wheel out, and may have even shaken it all about. She couldn't work out where neutral was on her joystick, nor how to operate the handbrake. Flossie would like to apologise to any commander who had their personal space inappropriately invaded, and hopes that it doesn't count towards her combat rank. Many commanders lined up their SRVs for a photo opportunity, at which time Commander Hankey was dismayed to see his park ship being shot up by the base as he grimaced and said cheese. Never let it be said that Hutton commanders don't know how to dismount in style. After the photo, there was a lemming-like charge for the edge and a dozen SRVs launched into space, landing in the middle of the base in various states of disrepair. 
The assault continued at the prison ship we claimed victory, where we claimed victory over the Don as we managed to recover the rest of our missing comrades. Along with some tasty cargo which just happened to be floating in space after some hatchbreak Olympics were... accidentally deployed. Commander Palantir attempted to dive-bomb the base, but unfortunately, in the process, managed to accidentally destroy Commander Thomason in a particularly spectacular fashion. Maybe it was karma that meant that later, during one particularly tense moment, Palantir reached out his hand to grasp some much-needed refreshment, but being unable to shift his gaze sufficiently from the scene in front of him, managed to knock over a glass of white wine directly into the top of his ship's computer, which resulted in all systems shutting down faster than a pilot's sphincter during a Thargoid attack, and him being ejected unceremoniously from the fray. We understand that after wiping his tears from the waste of wine and the next day restoring all of the ship's vinous vinous circuits by licking them clean, his ship system started once more. And he is none the worse for the experience apart from an inexplicable thirst that comes over him when he is downwind of the computer systems. Flossie's concern about her combat rank may explain why she was in the middle of a firestorm at the prison ship and was refusing to help by shooting people. She claims it's because her ships don't carry guns, but we think we know better. <laughs> As usual, the hotbox contingent were more tightly focused and achieved their goal with a mere three commanders and in less time. Presumably because lining up for their selfie took no time at all. Most commanders finished the night with a pronounced swagger from their newly found, and in most cases unusual, notoriety. And there were more bounties handed out than at a coconut and chocolate lovers convention. Proof, if proof were needed, that there are still plenty of things to discover in our galaxy, came this week when Commander Vanilla Ice Toxophilite found a previously unknown Guardian site in the snappily titled Column 173 Sector RF-D C13-12 system on body C3. Canon Research have been informed, but despite this site appearing at first to be unique, it subsequently has been classified as having one well-reserved alpha site and two gamma sites. Despite the apparent lack of special features for this site, this discovery has reignited the curiosity gene in many explorers, and efforts to locate more Guardian bases continue apace. There is speculation that all may not be as it seems on the recently discovered generation ship Golconda including the fact that they have requested goods that include semiconductors, which are unlikely to be backwards compatible with their 22nd century systems. Golnet News reported that the loading procedures were done at top speed. Hardly any comms chatter at all. Nobody on the Golconda entered the cargo bays before we left. We suspect that the so-called emergency is nothing of the sort, and that, in fact, the infamous dastardly Don Antonacci has taken over the ship overwhelming their age defences and has taken the crew hostage. We will be watching as this story unfolds and keeping a careful eye on the galactic markets where we will be checking for unexpected gluts of basic medicines, advanced medicines, aluminium, ceramic composites and semiconductors. 
Red Planet Taxi Service have submitted a controversial planning request today for Hutton authorities to add a large pad to the station. A spokesman for RPTS said, Although the medium pad was large enough for us to park a hauler on it, it just does not have the facilities to support our Beluga liners. It makes sense to add just one pad to the orbital. Oh, and an executive lounge. And a gift shop, obviously. And maybe some fancier shops. And would it kill you to build a decent restaurant in this place? Since the introduction of a tourist beacon at Proxima Centauri, Hutton has become popular as a destination for beacon baggers and people who really, really want to get away from it all. But some travellers have been less than complimentary about the facilities aboard the ageing outpost. Red Planet Taxi Service themselves are not without controversy. The budget travel brand are known for hogging medium pads with their trademark haulers, charging passengers for use of emergency Remblock equipment, and providing brightly coloured retrieval wallets for lower-end passengers to seal themselves in in the event of a crash, which turned out to be badly disguised body bags. Hutton locals have become a sit-in processed protest outside of the Red Planet Taxi Service offices in an effort to force the company to reconsider their plans amid fears that the large pad would change the fundamental cheerful grottiness which defines the station and its inhabitants. One yokel said, if they add a large pad and then put a beluga on it, then the station will tip over and we'll all slide down to one end. Another commented, we don't like incomers, they have strange ways. This reporter's thought, go to Altair, it's nicer and you're less likely to get food poisoning or gangrene. Incoming encrypted transmission, decrypting. Decryption complete. Stand by for a message from Hexcom Actual. Hexwing, it has now been 105 days since Tharg retreated from the bubble. That's 105 days since a new station was attacked. 105 days Operation Ida has been able to effect repairs without new stations being added to the list. 105 days civilians have not been killed or forced to evacuate their homes. I wanted to say thank you to all of the pilots who have helped defend the bubble, evacuate civilians, and repair stations. But we're not out of this yet. We still have over 70 stations needing repairs, and Tharg still sits out in the Pleiades and Witchhead Nebula plotting his next move. So, what can you do? Operation Ida can always use more people hauling repair supplies. Their current focus is on Bailout Dock and Gleese 58. You can always find the current repair target at OperationIda.com. Even delivering one load a week can make a big difference if enough people do it. Also, a note on the Thargoid damaged megaships in the bubble. For some reason, Tharg likes to revisit his kills and this scares away the cleanup and salvage crews. So if you drop into a megaship and find it damaged and smothered in green haze, it doesn't mean this is a fresh attack in the bubble. Also, be wary because sometimes interceptors and scouts may drop in for a visit while you're there. So stay wary out there, keep those combat skills sharp, and watch the signal sources. We won the first round, but it was hard fought, and we're still recovering. I don't know when it's coming, but I expect a renewed attack sometime soon. 
Hexcom message complete. Defend the mug. And encrypted transmission. Good evening, trackers. Atrus5060 here. Or rather, I'm not here. Since there's no research needed on non-existent Thargoids, this is an automated message. Just not as sophisticated as Hexwings, so I'll just say, for the mug, I would take the best in the mug, but honestly, when was the last time we needed to do that? That's right, never! Have a lovely time, truckers, for the mug. Everywhere's fine, really fine, so fine in fact, that it's a bit boring. I hope Norma has something to tell you, because I haven't. Norma! Excite the masses, my dear. The trade CG completes with just under five hours remaining as Federation and Imperial megaships arrive in system to prepare their own plans to support the Gonda. for bearing with us through that uh, period of uh, news and, and stuff and sticking with us still. When the universe is in trouble Bug infestations in the bubble Your home stations burn rubble What on earth can we do now? Interstellar initiatives Let Flossie tell you what it is Then you can get with this you should listen to what Flossie says Interstellar Initiative Flossie tells us what she thinks it is Then you can get involved with this Now you should listen to what Flossie says <coughs> Hello, Flossie here with this week's Interstellar Initiative's news The Golconda Phase 2 the Empire and Federation have each pledged to help, but with different opposing approaches. The Empire seeks to provide the former colonists with a planet-side home, helping them fulfil their original mission. They would provide full member status to the colony and help them become self-sustaining through teaching agriculture techniques. The Federation, however, seeks to honour the colonists' unique culture and provide them with an outpost of their own, allowing them to remain a permanent space colony. Landing pads would allow direct trade and help the colonists remain stocked with medicines and supplies. Two competing initiatives are set up, with the superpower with the most materials received winning the, the favour of the Golconda colonists. Empire Trade Community Goal, deliver polymers, CMM composites, titanium, beryllium and thallium to the Empire megaship in the Upankilis system. Federation Trade Community Goal, deliver polymers, CMM composites, titanium, beryllium and thallium to the Federation megaship in the Upankilis system. Start date is the 18th of November, which is next Monday, at 1500 UTC. And the end date 
This is 26th of November, which means eight days, uh, also at 1500 UTC. Only one of the two opposing superpowers may be victorious in this interstellar initiative, backing a specific superpower with results in different rewards. If the Empire is su are successful, an Empire-affiliated planetary port will be added to the Yupanclis system. Five, from the 5th of December to the 16th of December, any Empire rank will be earned at a double rate alongside a discount to Imperial ships. A rare good, Apavaiti, will be introduced and become available for purchase at the new planetary port. The Golconda decal will be available to commanders who dock at the planetary port or the Empire megaship from the 5th to the 16th of December. If the Federation are successful, a Federation-affiliated outpost will be added to the Yupankilis system. From 5th to the 16th of December, any Federation rank will be earned at double rank alongside a, a discount to Federal ships. A rare good Apavaiti will be introduced and become available for purchase at the new outpost. And the gondola decal uh, will be available to commanders who dock at the outpost or the federal megaship from the 5th of December to the 16th of December. And that's this week's Interstellar Initiatives News. Flossie told you what to do. News Digest, 14th of November, 3305. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, Golconda tells the galaxy to bugger off. Wacky racers run the lava loop. New pilot training device revealed. Golconda tells the galaxy to bugger off. The mystery surrounding the generation ship the Golconda and its reclusive settler inhabitants has grown deeper. Following extensive searches of the records from Earth and Mars, no trace whatever of a ship by the name Golconda has been found. This means that it cannot have been a government-funded mission, although it is possible that the Musk Corporation may have paid for the ship. Some have speculated that it may not be from Earth after all or that the original settlers may have been killed in a raid and that the current crew are bloodthirsty pirates. Regardless of its origin and regardless of who's on the ship, and regardless of how desperately they may have begged for provisions, it's crystal clear that they want to remain on their ship and that they want no further dealings with the rest of humanity. They have only allowed representatives of the Humanitarian Society of Upaniklis Vision Incorporated to dock, and even then they avoided any direct contact, with the delivery drivers reporting that the docking bays on the megaship were deserted while they unloaded. 
Professor Elizabeth Perez, Head of Anthropology at Orion Independent University, who's been attempting to find out about the reclusive settlers, emphasised that although the medicines delivered appear to have helped cure the wasting kiss disease, any further contact with the isolationist culture on board the Golconda could irrevocably damage that culture and could cause a disastrous breakdown of the social order that's been established during the 1,000 years of their solitary voyage. She said it would be highly unfortunate if anyone were to seek to disturb the settlers' way of life, but she was sure that the people of the galaxy were far too morally responsible to attempt any such thing. Wacky Racers Run the Lava Loop Following the massively expensive Speedball 3 tournament at the weekend, which reportedly cost Commander Asbo 343 million credits in rebuys, this time it's the turn of the Buckyball Racing Club to rack up unnecessary deaths and insurance rebuys, with a time trial around six stations that orbit in the close shadow of superheated lava worlds, which are in turn in close proximity to their stars. The bubbling flows of lava on these worlds make for a beautiful sight and singed eyebrows, but the buckyball racers are all about getting back to where you started quicker than the last time, so there won't be much time for sightseeing. An official from the Buckyball Racing Club stated that we don't care about speed limits, reckless flying or the fines involved. And with the expectation that some top pilots may be able to complete the entire course of six takeoffs and landings in less than 15 minutes, it's hard to see how the buckyball racers could avoid breaking traffic regulations that have been put in place for their own safety. Any responsible commander seeing one of these so-called buckyball racers in LTT4961, LFT79, GR316, Njumin, Park High or LP617-37 between the 16th and the 24th of November are warned not to approach these mad commanders but are instead asked to report them to the proper authorities who will arrange for them to be sent to a detention centre once they can be caught. New pilot training device revealed. The official Pilots' Federation trainer, Theo Arcosta, has been overwhelmed by new pilots wanting to learn how to fly according to reports from the rehabilitation clinic he recently checked into. There are simply too many pilots and one trainer simply isn't enough. In order to alleviate this problem, the Pilots' Federation is planning soon to install a quick and simple update into the cockpit of all commanders. The upgrade will provide helpful hints about how better to fly your spaceship. It will come in the form of an animated bobblehead supplied by the Sirius Cybernetics Corporation, in the shape of a paperclip, and will greet commanders at regular intervals with its trademark slogan, It looks like you're trying to fly a spaceship. Would you like some help? And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News, we read the news so you don't have to.
drunker If you can't turn a profit Then you're out of love It's for the mother That we fly all over the space Point to two lightnings Crossed at a hell of a base Just turn the wheel And keep that smile on your face Maybe someday soon You'll be a top trucker Howdy there, truckers. Is old buck naked spokesman for Lacon Spaceways back again for this week's Hutton Top Trucker? How do we keep up with your shenanigans while you tootle around in the Milky Way? Why, we install this little piece of software called the Hutton Helper in your spaceship. If you ain't already got it installed, you can install it yourself relatively pain free by going to the website hot.forthemug.com. Almost as pain-free as having a bartender in a bad mood keeping me from being a happy drunk tonight. So let's get on to our top truckers from last week. Yeehaw! From the explorers, hopping around like them crazy rabbits in the field, Commander a Salty Baster took the lead with a tad over 175,100 light years jumped. Word is that he's trying to outrun all of his ex-girlfriends. The leader in destroying up the Don's dastardly desperados this week is Commander Manu Verkel with about 27 million credits earned and accounted for. We need to ramp it up so we can bury him proper-like. Commander Texas Stu took the lead in our top mission trucker this week with a measly 460 mission points earned. Well, that's kind of nice when they just sort of fall into your lap now, ain't it? Hauling cargo like a hunting trucker oughta, Commander Operation IDA transported a bit over 50,000 tons this week. Keep on trucking there, Commander. Driving the Hutton Uber this week, Commander Bowl of Petunias hauled 1,420 passengers around the galaxy. I guess with his 80-day challenge done, ain't nothing else left for him to do. Unless, of course, he thought maybe he could do round the verse in 80 days for two full spins. Oh, heck, make it three, Commander. Go for it. Our fastest run to Hutton Orbital is held by Commander Rampage 737 in one hour, 22 minutes, and 40 seconds. But the fastest run in this month of November is held by Commander Mellis XR3 in one hour, 24 minutes, and 6 seconds. If y'all think you got what it takes to beat these scores, then download the Hutton Helper and get to flying, Commander. You want to hear your name on this here radio station? <laughs> Get up off your ass. Make sure you got the Hutton Helper installed. Pick it up on the web at hot.forthemug.com and get off your ass get to trucking and don't forget if you do hear your name called out and you ain't already got one get in touch with us to get your very own hutton decal for your ship hutton top trucker brought to you by lacon spaceways the only ships in the galaxy with a stash of centauri megagen on board for those lonely lonely trips in the void
about a million years from now, the human race will have crawled up to where the Guardians stood in their great moment of triumph and tragedy, and our Father's name will shine again like a beacon in the galaxy. It's true. It will remind us that we are, after all, not Braben. Ah, oh, don't be sad. Never mind. I'm sure you'll all bounce back next week. Like it says in our last tune, it's Rubber Ball by the Avons. Next week, good night, everyone, for the mug! Good night! For the mug! Mug! <laughs>